New to Medicare? Start now. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, MyHealthPolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. MyHealthPolicy.com. New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, my Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com You know, I know there's a lot of people out there that reminisce about the old days when they watch NWA Power, something that Billy Corgan needs to start addressing in the near future. I'll explain why later. But I tell you, MLW earlier today had me reminiscing about back in the day. You know, this weekend in Orlando, they're having a TV taping and one of the matches they announced they call the Mystery Box battle royal what is that 20 participants nobody knows who's going to be in the match until they're announced not even the wrestlers and i'm looking at i'm saying mystery box man that gives me memories you know back in the day i dated this chick she had a mystery box and every time i would see her one day it's baby powder another day it's perfume another day unfortunately it's gorgonzola salmon you never knew with her you know in diners they have the soup of the day for me it was the scent of the day you know the mystery box her box always smelled all all different things and i'm not kidding i dated a chick that you know you know remember we were kids and you were sick and you had a cold and your mom would make you take like Vicks Formula 44 or Robitussin. Uh, yeah! It sounds like Vince McMahon. Remember back in the... Yeah! Oh, the eyes and the ears. Ah! When we were kids, they were, what did they would say? Oh, man, it tastes horrible. Just pinch your nose and just take it. Take it like a man. Pinch your nose. That's what I would have to do with her. I'd pretend like I was a kid taking my Robitussin, and I would have to, you know, open up the mystery box. What's up, everyone? 
It is episode eight of Wednesday Night Donomite. I am Don Tony as always, doing my own thing as I can only do. Want to thank you all for listening as always. Shout out to everybody listening live, whether you are Mixler or you are on Discord. We got two different mediums going, two different chat rooms going, and we got a lot of stuff to get into today. And yay, we got AEW's pay-per-view this weekend. For those on Patreon who have asked me, will there be a predictions contest? Yes, there will. It will be the same format as uh, Crown Jewel last week. Just predict the matches, correct? Get closest to the tiebreaker. Win money, money. And for everyone listening that is a fan of AEW, I got to throw this out there and get it out of the way right away because unfortunately there are people out there whose brains don't work as great as others. You know, I know there's a lot of you out there, you know, you have maybe older relatives who are active their whole life. I mean, just nonstop, nonstop, machine, 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 machine. And then they get to a certain age and then they finally decide to kick back, relax, not do anywhere near what they used to do. And what would happen almost immediately? Their bodies would shut down. Their minds would shut down. And they would turn literally into human vegetables. And it's sad to see that. And there, that's why you know a lot of people will always try to challenge themselves, try to give themselves a new plateau to to overcome even if you feel you've overcome everything and unfortunately you know for podcasters out there when all they do is sit at home and the only muscles that they actually exercise are their fingertips because they're typing and you know oh fuck sorry sorry mixler i didn't realize it was hitting enter and they got all these weird fucking you know, entries just now, but you know, all they do is type all day. They bitch, 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 hate, 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 hate. My God. And what the fuck? Why do you keep using the excuse? I'm a wrestling fan. I'm a web podcast host. I'm a webmaster. I'm a blogger. You know, don't fucking use that excuse. Nobody pulls your arm to fucking cover MLW, cover AEW, WWE, TNA, Impact Wrestling, New Japan, Old Japan, Pro Japan, Ugly Japan, Women's Wrestling, Wow, Shimmer, you know, Dimmer. Nobody fucking forces you to cover something you don't like. Don't give me this, well, I'm a wrestling fan. Well, I'm a podcaster. I'm a webmaster. What the fuck is that? Nobody, nobody, you, are you kidding me? You cover what you want to cover. You don't cover what you don't want to cover. And Jesus Christ, I give a challenge to every Matarats out there. How's about typing what you do like? How's about putting up solutions? How's about putting up ideas instead of this? I hate the sucks. I hate the sucks. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks. Now, a lot of you don't realize this, and I don't want to put any reveal out there. Mitch knows more than anybody else. There's a couple of podcasters out there that actually force the hatred, especially to WWE, because that's how they get their most subscribers. That's how they get the most YouTube hits. That's how they get the most Patreon subscribers. If I hate and shit and shit and shit, 
There's enough people out there that'll join them in the shit parade and they do it intentionally. You could guess whoever you want in podcast land. But one thing, one thing you get from yours truly that, yes, there are podcasters and friends in the, you know, DT inner circle that are just as genuine. All right. You do not get fake here. If I like something, I will praise it. If I hate something, I will shit on it. I will criticize it. And I will tell you straight up across the board. And unfortunately, my style is toxic. You know, we get the most listeners. I mean, you go on Stitcher and other, but the only reason why we don't get higher numbers and other outlets is because I've never plugged them. I've never pushed them. I never paid any mind to them. Somebody told me the other day about something about Podbean. I'm like, I've never been on Podbean. I don't even fucking pay attention to it. But for the mediums, you look, other than the Cornets and the Conrads and the Bischoffs, you will never find yours truly out of the top three every single week. And I've been going back to this since 1997 with the hotlines. Now, I want to just throw this out there right from the get-go because I don't want anybody to be concerned. I don't want anybody to, you know, be get triggered off of it. Personally, I don't think the stipulation was necessary And I know a lot of you out there saw what I wrote on Twitter earlier today, and I specifically told everybody, look, if I miss something tonight, correct me. I want to be corrected. I'm not one of these guys that makes a statement, and then you disagree with it, and then I get all triggered, and I fucking rip you to pieces. Unfortunately, there's a lot of you out there that are afraid to go against certain podcasters because you don't want to get fucked in the ass from them. There's a lot of people out there with very thin skin. Please correct me if I'm wrong. But Cody Rhodes is probably going to win Sunday by disqualification. Because correct me if I missed it. I don't think I did. I watch things very carefully. And yes, I can multitask and watch NXT and AEW at the same time through two different TVs. But when Cody cut that promo today, and may I also add the best promo in Cody's career, in my opinion, I can't think, you know, look, Miz, when he shot on Shane McMahon, when Kevin Owens shot on Shane McMahon, when this person says this, this person says that, you know, those were great fucking promos during the year. The problem with a lot of those promos is that they're bitching about the fire that they created themselves. You know, when you have Kevin Owens or Miz or someone else saying, Shane, you're on TV, and then everybody's sick of it, and everybody's like, yeah. They're fucking going along with a storyline that they're paid to go along. Now, they may actually feel that inside. And yes, the storyline with Cody and Jericho is a storyline, but they base it more on reality than anything else. And honestly, compared to the other promos that I have seen in 2019, Cody's promo today, promo of the year. This guy, I had a very hard time for a long time since he left WWE for me to buy into Cody Rhodes headlining a pay-per-view. It's just the way I always felt. And yes, 
you know, because he is so committed to AEW and he's such an important asset, probably the most important asset behind the scenes other than the Khan family. And, and I'm saying behind the scenes because Jericho obviously, is, you know, you understand now why he needs to remain AEW champion for a while longer. He is just the focal point, the figure point. He is identifiable outside of pro wrestling. Yes, you know, we all know who Cody is, but outside of that, you know, I don't know how many mainstream people really, really know. And by the way, I will talk about Jericho and the interview he did with Donald Trump Jr. in a moment. But, you know, Cody, this promo tonight, it, it just really just impressed the fuck out of me on how fluid it was. You know, I didn't fucking go ape shit and start tweeting everybody. Oh, my God, he said dick. He said dick. He said dick on TV. The fuck cares if the promo was great this was a case where cursing made sense because the cody's promo is basically saying you know like jericho calls him in an, a millennial entitled to this and that and cody brings up the fact that jericho is the father of a hockey legend and cody is the father of a wrestling legend and he basically called him a stupid dick uncensored and it was great Cody's promo was top notch today. Best of the year, best of his career, and it really got the fans behind him even more for this pay-per-view. Did a wonderful job, but I took notice of one thing that you could look at it and say what he said, or you could look at it and say what he didn't say. During the promo, he added a stipulation that if he does not now, him, listen closely. He, if he does not defeat Chris Jericho, um, yeah, some people are saying that Chris Irvine is is not a hockey legend. Uh, you probably don't follow hockey all that much, but anyway, um, but let's let's also be realistic, everybody out there. We're talking about two or three listeners over 150,000. And I'm sure a lot of you out there listening on the download probably said the same thing about Chris Jericho's father. And look, you got to understand something, too. This is what I always loved about Chris Jericho's father. All right. They never really hyped all that much throughout his career. I mean, once in a while, he would be name dropped. But for the most part, you know, a lot of people didn't even know that Chris Jericho's father you know, his history in hockey. So when a lot of people never heard of his father playing hockey, you know, don't take your ignorance and use that to belittle, you know, Chris Jericho's, you know, ho uh, father's hockey career. Ted Irvine is a Hall of Famer. You know, maybe not in mainstream, but in a, a lot of people that go back to old school with hockey, Ted Irvine kicked ass. So anyway, let me get back to this whole thing with the promo. Cody says in his promo that if he does not defeat Chris Jericho at full gear, that he will never challenge for the AEW Heavyweight Championship again. Take note of what Cody did not say. Cody said if he does not defeat Chris Jericho. He did not say if he wins the AEW Championship. There's a big difference with saying... If I don't defeat Chris Jericho full gear, I will never challenge for the AEW heavyweight title again. And then there is, if I don't defeat Chris Jericho and win the AEW heavyweight title at full gear, I will never challenge for the title again. 
So, and thank you, Maurice. Ted is part of the Manitoba Hockey Hall of Fame. Yes, absolutely. Like, and as I said, not everybody may look at Turner Irvine as a Hall of Famer, but he is definitely a Hall of Famer in, in a lot of fans' eyes. Look, there's people that we followed in wrestling over the years that are not yet a Hall of Famer. And, you know, yeah, a lot of it's because of politics and concussion lawsuits and for whatever reason, not everybody, you know, goes in at the time you want them to go in. All right. But and Ted Irvine, let's be also honest, was way past my time as a hockey fan. You know, my my time as a hockey fan was Mark Messier and Brian Leach and, you know, players like that. Um, but anyway. Cody's promo, and again, I ask people tonight, please correct me if I'm wrong. Nobody corrected me, so I don't think I'm wrong. Cody did not include winning the title in that stipulation. So Cody could win by DQ and could still challenge for the heavyweight title in the future. So this is just yours truly, you know, interpreting it the way I do. I always try to be one step ahead of everybody else. So, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I am wrong. So for everybody out there that was like, oh, my God, how the fuck if 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 Cody loses, how how could they do that so early in the infancy of the promotion? You got to listen very, very closely to the wording because they're not swerving you. You know, Cody might, you know, if you really think about it, Cody may be swerving people out there. Because what will happen is, now think of logic on Jericho's side. If the if the inner circle jerks interfere and Cody does not win the title, you know, Jericho could play the naive champion and think that because Cody didn't win the title that he can't ever compete for the title again. But then they'll replay Cody's promo from tonight down the line and Cody says, you know, I said defeat you. I never said blah, 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 da, 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 da. So Cody actually could win, but not win the title. And with my predictions, I think that's what'll happen Sunday. Now, uh, AEW went off the air with a great brawl. Uh, NXT as well. I'm a you know Finn Balor. It's a little confusing. You know Finn Balor doing the signal. You know Bullet Club with AJ Styles, and then he just stands there and smiles while Adam Cole kicks AJ Styles and throws him out of the ring. You know, that, that might have been a little bit confusing to some out there. But AEW went off the air with a great brawl leading into full gear. Um, now, getting back to this stipulation or the match between Jericho and Cody at full gear, you know, a lot of people forget that not only do we have that stipulation now, but they also announced there's going to be three judges. And if it goes to the time limit draw, it's going to be up to the judges to decide who is the winner. Now, I personally don't think the idea of judges was necessary, and I certainly don't think this teasing of I'll never challenge for the title again, I think is asinine. This company, my God, if this company were a human infant, the fucking infant would still be in the crate in the fucking cradle, the, the you know the whatever, the crib in the hospital. Didn't even get to go home yet to suck on his mom's or her mom's nipple. The, this company has been on the air for what? A month and a half? And you're ready? Oh, if I don't win, I'll never challenge for the title again? 
Ugh, I think that is awfully stupid. This is something that I brought up a few weeks ago. And I brought up Marco Stunt as an example. And this stipulation, I think, further adds to what I said before. The big problem that AEW is doing right now, and number one, they're not getting people familiar with some wrestlers before they actually appear on TV. You know, they spent so much time hyping up Nyla Rose before they had their first show. And she really hasn't been used on TV other than week one. You know, just really not at all. And Rio is their champion. And have you seen anything to fucking get to know her personally to, to uh, why you would like her other than the fuck that Kenny Omega trained her? I mean, there's a lot, even Marco Stunt. They should have put packages on TV for a couple of weeks, a minute or two, budget your time a little better. AEW's biggest problem right now, other than the fact that we've had, what, six main events on TV and every single one of them had interference or bullshit ending, you know, not to, it's, we haven't had a clean finish yet. You know, even uh, where it became a draw because of 10-minute time limit, you know, you got to dissect all this. But AEW's biggest problem right now is they are going on week after week as if they've been around for five years. And I'm sorry, I'm a fan of Jamie Hayter. Um, I don't think you're going to have fans popping a rating for any of the women in that match. I'm sorry, you're not going to have fans popping a rating because of Brandon Cutler. You're not going to see fans pop a rating, you know, because of Orange Cassidy, you know, doing his thing in the ring. We all like it because we've been following it closer. But as far as mainstream wrestling fans, the universe of fans, you turn on the TV and you see someone that you haven't seen, you know, this, what is the pull? You can't just say, oh, I can't change the channel. Oh, it, it, if Nielsen logged my rating, it, it it won't register. I can't change the channel. No, no, no. They're treating too many people as if they're household names, and it's not. They need to get people to know them a little bit more. My God, do you think we would have got that package about Britt Baker if they weren't in Pittsburgh that Wednesday? You think about that. They're not budgeting the time well at all um there you can honestly look week after week after week and you can find one match pretty much where you could say you know what i could have done without that match and instead maybe you do one little package the first hour another package for the second hour. and when i say package i don't mean a fucking five minute vignette i'm talking about one to two minutes tops let fans get to know these people a little bit more. You do a nice little produced segment about Marco Stunt, for example, and people start to get to know him a little bit and why, you know, he is so good as an underdog and he's likable. You know, don't give me this. Well, he's on so-and-so's podcast. That's not good enough. It's got to be the televised product. You can't assume that everybody that watches wrestling on TV listens to podcasts. You can't assume that everybody who watches wrestling on TV is on social media. Do a little research and see the percentage of people on social media who actually tweet 
or retweets. You'd be shocked on how low that number is. So that is AEW's biggest problem right now. Um, Now, before we get into, you know, both shows, um, you know, match by match, uh, NXT I watched as well. And if you're newer to my shows and you're going to say to me, DT, how do you watch both shows at the same time? I have AEW on my television. I have NXT going on my laptop and I have my computer going so I could take my notes. And yes, I could listen to two things at the same time and I could watch two things at the same time. Um, If anybody remembers last Friday when NXT showed up on SmackDown, the original thinking to a lot of people was, oh, a lot of WWE's roster is stuck in Saudi Arabia. And they needed to obviously fill in the talent. And they obviously could not bring people to wrestle from Raw because they just had this draft, even though it's pretty much been shot to shit already. So they brought NXT on. And they obviously pulled the trigger a little bit earlier as far as NXT, you know, in Survivor Series. But I said last Friday, have NXT show up on Raw? Have Raw and SmackDown show up on NXT? And the hype of Raw and SmackDown, and I've said for since day one, you'll see AJ Styles, you'll ultimately see Kevin Owens, you'll see the OC, you'll see a lot of the guys on WWE TV that you know would kick ass on NXT. And tonight we got a little of that. We got AJ Styles, we got the OC, and they main evented tonight against Ciampa, Keith Lee, and um, Matt Riddle. But I got to be honest with you. Um, I am very disappointed at how WWE followed up last Friday. You know, there's something I wish all of you out there, and I'm not just saying this as a money play, but I wish all of you out there would have listened to last Friday's Breakfast Soup with Mish and I on Patreon, because we had an hour discussion about the whole NXT, the storyline, SmackDown, Raw, AEW, And I wanted to see Raw and SmackDown show up in NXT to retaliate. Not because I want them to be in NXT on a regular basis, but I'm a wrestling fan. I want to see AEW pop a rating. I want to see NXT pop a rating. I get diversity. I enjoy it even more. That's why I'm doing this show. I don't have to do this show, but I'm enjoying everything. And there's a little comment that I said last Friday that there are some people in this world You may know people personally, might be your parents, might be yourself, it might be friends, relatives, maybe a neighbor, maybe a fireman, a police officer, whoever it is. But there are some people out there that you know that when there's pressure and things get really, really tough, that's when they're at their best. If you're a fan of baseball, how many times over the years have you had a baseball player, a pitcher, pitch a no-hitter or a perfect game? And they say, wow, you know, I didn't even have my best stuff or when they were warming up. But the pressure, they just ate it up. You got people that play in the playoffs. You know, sometimes you see a baseball player have three errors in a game, but there are others that fucking thrive on that pressure. And last Friday, there was so much pressure. 
not only because of what happened with Saudi Arabia. And by the way, I hope all of you out there now have deleted a lot of hot links to some podcasters or websites out there because the garbage that's been floating around about Saudi Arabia is piss poor pathetic. And I know that, you know, we're not talking Raw and SmackDown, but just a general comment out there, little piece of advice, anything that you see that is really over the top controversial, like the claims that were being made, you know, if, if you don't see mainstream news talking about that, you don't see CNN, Fox, MSNBC, if you don't see our government in the United States making a statement about it, but all you see is ProWrestlingVirgin.com and I'm a schm- WrestlingSchmuck.net reporting it and no one else is, chances are it's bullshit. All right, Carl Anderson's wife, you know, hysterical, banging his her husband to come home that she don't want him in Saudi Arabia anymore. That doesn't mean that they put a gun to fucking Carl Anderson's head. Saudi Arabia has a horrible reputation, not only because of Khashoggi, but because of the way that they've treated women and gays and others. So you go in a foreign country and you're detained even for an hour, you think the worst. Every loved one of every wrestler who was there was paranoid. They didn't know what to fucking do. They thought the worst was about to happen. I think they should have been at ease when the fact that these wrestlers are able to tweet on their cell phones. Because if they were in a crazy amount of trouble and their lives were at stake, something tells me you would not have fucking Saudi Arabia going... Arrest them all. Throw them in the jail. Give them their cell phones and USB chargers. Let them tweet. Let them tweet. You got to ignore all that noise, everybody. Ignore all that fucking noise. Stay away from it. It's garbage. You got people out there that are in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s that live on Twitter. They have totally given up any, you know, attempt at living a life outside of social media, because those hits, it's a drug. It's a drug. They need it. They got to have it. And fuck all of them. Seriously, fuck all of them. So anyway, getting back to what I was saying, I am very disappointed about what went down in NXT tonight. Yeah, Raw was disappointing as well. But last week, when they were under a crazy amount of pressure to improv SmackDown, did I say SmackDown? SmackDown. I mean, they had to improvise everything and they blew it out of the water. They knocked it out of the park. Back to organization on Raw, back to organization on NXT. Listen, any of you diehard NXT fans out there that don't want to see any WWE invasion on NXT, you probably enjoyed it tonight for the simple reason that you're probably saying, you see, They didn't divert from the schedule all that much. They still aired some wrestlers that you would never expect really to get much airtime. You saw a few people tonight that, you know, they they didn't divert from the program. All right. And that's all well and good. But you see now NXT tonight organized, prepared. Yeah, I know we're going into war games. Yeah, of course there's going to be disarray when you're going into war games. They're not going to have fucking dinner and drinks and contract signings. There's always some disarray. You're not going to have, you know, just this over-the-top, 
you know, craziness. And yeah, it was cool to see the OC and AJ Styles tonight. Where the fuck was everybody else? Where the fuck wanted to? Where? That's after one whole week. Where NXT? Where was it all? Where was it? it? That's what you put on tonight? I don't know if WWE, you know, you know, sometimes when you're having sex with someone, you know, no, I don't want to blow my load yet. No, 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 it's too soon, too soon. Oh, no, stop, stop. You know, not yet, not yet. Oh, my God, I'm too close. I'm too close. Stop, stop, stop. That's what it felt like tonight. I don't know if because we have full gear taking place this Saturday that WWE was like, you know what? Let's wait a week to go full-blown on NXT with an invasion. You know, let them do their full gear because a lot of fans may be tuning in for the full gear lead into that pay-per-view because this was... Where's all the women? The women. The women. The women. I want to buy the women. The girls. How much for the women? I'll pop if anybody remembers where that, what movie that's from. Um, and so, uh, Tony Lopez, shout out to you, my friend. You know, Blues Brothers, 1982. Top five favorite movie of all time. Um, so, where was all the, the main roster? I mean, you know what it felt like tonight? Eh, we don't give a fuck that NXT showed up. Eh, big fucking deal. That's what I felt like tonight. NXT was great. Kudos to that fucking crowd. That crowd, NXT crowd is always lively. But tonight, it felt different. I don't know if they were just anticipating this crazy invasion, you know, just the entire, not the entire Raw SmackDown roster, but just having fucking maybe Becky show up or Bailey and others. And yes, they announced some matches for Survivor Series tonight. But you know what it feels like? And I think this is why Seth Rollins gets ripped apart also. And I think this is why some others get ripped apart. You know, I, I, Seth Rollins, you got to kind of forgive right now because the the, the way the storyline is going right now, some people think that, hey, maybe he'll turn on WWE and go to NXT and this is an ad and he'll stay with Triple H and blah, 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 blah. I understand why people are, are thinking that. It's not a bad, you know, idea for people to think if, whether it happens or not. But there's some other people on the roster that you just feel like, okay, you know, going to NXT is optional for a night because, you know, you you're, you have your contract and this and that and this. It just feels like some people are just too cool for school, that they can't show up and do some of the things that they do. Now, I'm not going to fall into that trap and start picking individual names because we don't know if this is fully WWE's decision or not, but... Nothing against AJ Styles and the OC, but after what we witnessed on both main roster shows this week, that's who shows up and makes a response. The fuck is everybody else? I thought that was very disappointing today. Very disappointing. Now, um, the ratings. You know, last week, AEW did 759,000 viewers. NXT did 580,000 viewers. Now, we talked about it. Game seven of the World Series. You knew those ratings were going to be much lower than usual. But I went a little step further with the ratings that I want to share with everyone that you might actually appreciate. You might not even give a shit about this. But Obviously, the ratings are going to rebound this week because we don't have Game 7 of the World Series anymore. But 
looking at these ratings closer, and I'm looking at the first five ratings, okay? You have AEW 1.4 million, NXT 891,000. Okay, first week, AEW excitement, debut show. You know, it's like the first date. Everything is exciting. It's new. My God, what are they going to do? Well, what I decided to do, I think some of you will appreciate this, is I decided to go a step further with the ratings. And what I did was I calculated the percentage of the wrestling fans watching that particular night. And you're starting to see a pattern. It's going to be interesting to see if WWE breaks this pattern. Something tells me this week they did not break that pattern. But the first week that they went head-to-head on Wednesday, AEW's viewership, they had 61.1% of wrestling fans choosing their product over NXT. First week, 61.1% NXT and 38.9% of the wrestling fans watching. Now, week two, when AEW had 1,018,000 fans compared to NXT 790,000, the AEW viewership for wrestling fans that night, they had 56.3% of the viewers. NXT had 43.7. The week after week three, 56.2% for AEW. Two weeks ago, 58%. Last week, 56.7%. So what does this mean? Since AEW's debut episode, NXT's share of the wrestling viewers on a Wednesday night, they had in order 43.7, 43.8, 42, 43.3. So NXT is averaging about 42 to 43% of the total wrestling fans watching on a Wednesday night. So if you go by the idea that, okay, last week, AEW had 56.7% of the fans, let's say that goes down a little bit this week because fans were anticipating a bigger WWE invasion of NXT. So let's say this week AEW only gets 53% of the fans, which would be the lowest percentage so far, but they'd still win in the ratings. And if they do 53%, then that means NXT would do about 47%. So now if you go on that idea that NXT closes the gap just a drop, if you go on on the idea that 1.7 million wrestling fans watch wrestling tonight on Wednesday, that would mean that AEW's rating would be around 910,000 and NXT's rating would be about 800,000. That would give NXT 53.2, uh, AEW 53.2, NXT 46.8. So you go by the trends of what we see right now. If we say 910,000, they rebound from last week, but it's still a lower number Um from the first four weeks. And look, I write off last week because of the World Series, but every single week that wrestling has been on Wednesday night head-to-head, the ratings have gone down. AEW for the first five weeks, 1.4 million, 1.018, 1.014, 963, 759. We write off the 759. NXT, week one, 891,000, 790,000, 712,000, 698,000, 580,000. You write off the last one as well. So 
let's see what the ratings will be. But if AEW garnishes anything less than 56% of the viewership for wrestling fans, NXT's tightening the gap. So the perception is different because a lot of people, if you want to count last week, a lot of people were like, oh my God, look at what's happening. AEW had 1.4 million the first week. Last week, they only had 759,000. They lost almost half their viewers. Now, if you go on that logic, NXT the first week had 891,000, and last week they had 580,000. That's nowhere near losing half. So NXT is closing the gap. No, they're not. No, they're not at all. If you actually figure it out, 42 to 43%. That's what NXT has right now. Now, Look, again, thank you for those on Discord that are posting those photos of AEW's audience tonight. That is early, early in the night. You know, there there were sections of AEW tonight that were closed off, no doubt about it. But posting those photos, you know, that's wrong because that was way before the main show aired. And I don't care who gave you those photos and says that, you know, that's not true. Just always notice how you don't have the wrestlers in the ring that were on television tonight. And speaking of TV tonight, obviously we don't um, have all the dark matches yet because there were some dark matches going on as, you know, the show is is airing. But I do have some dark match, you know, uh, scheduled. The first one for tonight was Big Swall versus Hikuru Shida. That will appear on AEW Dark next week. If anybody out there knows uh, what the other Dark matches were occurring tonight after AEW went off the air, if you could post it in the chat, I'd appreciate it. Um, A lot of people are starting to speculate that Hikura Shida will be the next in line to challenge for the AEW Women's Championship. Um, A lot of people think that Rio is going to retain Sunday. And they're, you know, very quietly building Hikura Ishida to um, to challenge for that title. Don't write it down as fact, but that's what a lot of people's thinking is. Uh, AEW Dark next week will have Arn Anderson doing commentary. We had MJF doing commentary this week. And look, I know MJF worked MLW, and I know, you know, he's finishing up a little bit here and there, but I remember before we even had the first week of AEW Dynamite, people were looking forward to MJF the most. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, Other dark matches tonight, SEMA and SCU versus Kip Sabian and TH2. Leva Bates and Nyla Rose versus Shaza McKenzie and Shalandra Royale. Um, so there you go. Those are the dark matches tonight. Um, so again, why have they not had MJF working on TV? I know you see him a little bit here and there. And again, I know he's finishing up a little bit of work elsewhere, but again, they're treating this promotion like it's been around for five years. Of course, it's a marathon, not a sprint, but you would think after a month and a half, we'd have, you know, you know, him performing on more of a regular basis. His commentary this week on AEW Dark was outstanding. That guy 
should have like his version of Miz TV or Piper's Pit on AEW every single week. Why are they holding holding their load this long for certain things? Yeah, we've brought up that Sonny Kiss hasn't been used on the main roster. We haven't seen Nyla Rose for the most part after all of that original hype. You know, we haven't seen Awesome Kong. Oh, by the way, oh, by the way, you know, last week, and I was making fun of uh, Brandy. I had a few scholars out there like, hey, Don Tony, you know, she, in case you don't know, um, she's doing this to set up Awesome Kong showing up on AEW Dynamite. And my reaction was, really? No! I know we actually like brought that up the first couple of weeks of Wednesday Night Dynamite. No fucking shit. But having Brandy doing this fucking Star Trek and now tonight she's like acting like a vampire from the CW network. And didn't I tell all of you? It looks like she's advertising herself, like, you know, trying to fucking land a role on CW. I mean, that's what really people wanted me to do that again. No, but seriously, no fucking shit. But why is she the one attack? Why is Jamie Hayter trying to get a little revenge on fucking Brandy for fucking cheap shot and 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 Jamie Hayter is a fucking heel? You know, you had Brandy Ruck. But I liked her promo tonight. You know, the lighting might have been a little bit too dark. Pun intended. Get it? AEW dark. <laughs> and speaking of, uh, we said this two, three weeks ago. I got to say it again. Why are people overanalyzing AEW Dark? Oh, my God. You know, so much of this was garbage. Ah, oh, these matches. Ah, like vintage Vince. Ah, the eyes, the ears. Ah. It's fucking AEW Dark. It's giving people an opportunity to work in front of a live crowd, not introduce some of them through regular TV, but through social media. Why are people overanalyzing AEW dark? Fucking the be all end all. This promotion sucks. You ruined it. You ruined it. Damn it. What's wrong with these people? Shit. My God. I tell you, man, NWA power, I got to throw this out there now because I bring up whatever I feel like whenever I want. NWA power, look, this week, I enjoyed it. Uh, the matches this week, I don't want to give spoilers for anybody that didn't watch it. Thunder Rosa versus Ashley Vox. And by the way, for those who are interested, Thunder Rosa is going to make her MMA debut for Combat America, I think this Friday. I, I'm not going to lie, I didn't research the card because I'm not into MMA, but I believe it is this Friday. Um, but hey, she she debuted on NWA Power. Impressive. You know, I don't want to give any spoilers away, but, you know, I, I like her look. I love the makeup. She's definitely talented. Um, I don't know what that'll do if she gets knocked on her ass in MMA, um, I would think that NWA probably has a little bit of preparation to go one way or the other as far as storyline goes. But you had Aaron Stevens versus Ricky Starks in the best two out of three falls match. 
and Aaron Stevens, the former Damian Sandow. Um, just look at the trunks he was wearing. You know, if you remember the dicks from TNA, you know, just flesh-colored trunks. There was a guy, and I invite anybody to go look it up. Go look up the match. I'm sure it's on YouTube. But at one point, I was going to do a little series on YouTube um, just paying tribute to the jobbers, the forgotten jobbers. That's what it was going to be. And I was going to take all of the jobbers that WWF and WCW had in the 70s and the 80s that just got their asses destroyed, you know, for years and but would still, you know, work and didn't get ignited. Look, there's some jobbers out there and I hate using that term but that's what the term was used at the time but you got more famous ones that you know would always lose matches but you know there's forgotten jobbers and there was a guy a black guy and you know I'm just saying black so you if you look out for him you'll see what I'm talking about there was this black guy his name was Charlie Brown and I have it on tape. And I, I don't remember if I uploaded on my YouTube channel a long time ago, but I'm sure somebody has put it online. But his, his name is Charlie Brown. And there was an infamous match where he wrestled Sergeant Slaughter and got destroyed. Absolutely destroyed. But the one thing that I will always remember from that match is he wore flesh-colored tights. And just... It was just, I couldn't stop laughing. Now, we're going back to 1982 or 83 here. Um, but if you do a YouTube search for Charlie Brown, WWF, you will find matches of him. And if we're lucky, we will see him face other individuals wearing those same flesh-colored trunks. It looked like, you know, Aaron Stevens stole Charlie Brown's trunks. Yes, it's his name was Charlie Brown. Um, yeah, James Storm versus Colt Cabana for the NWA National Championship. The Dawsons versus Outlaw Inc. of Eddie Kingston and Homicide. Um, now, I don't want to give away anything with the storylines, but if you read the match results again, or the match uh, listing, the Dawsons were on the card twice. Um, you know, it's so devastating. So devastating. What happened with the Rock and Roll Express by Santana Ortiz last week? Jim Ross went out of his way to tell us tonight how devastating and you know, what happened to just un, just the horrible injuries to them. And they were on NWA Power this week. Uh, look, NWA Power this week was great. Arguably, maybe the best episode they've done so far. But there's one very glaring problem here that I am seeing repeatedly online. And I have to be very careful how I say this because I know a lot of my friends in the podcasting world really enjoy NWA Power as well. But Billy Corgan has to take notice about one very big problem that is surfacing amongst social media, amongst podcast land, website land, when people are talking about NWA Power. And trust me, if you go back and you listen to your favorite podcasters or you read a lot of blogs that really put NWA Power over the top, like their favorite promotion. Take notice of something that I have noticed. You know what that is? Have you figured it out yet? Take notice of all of those podcasters that are gushing over NWA Power. Take notice that they never seem to talk about 
the matches. They never seem to talk about the stars and who's really shining there in the ring. All they talk about is an old school set. All they talk about is Cornette on commentary. All they talk about is old school graphics. Billy Corgan needs to pay very, very close attention to that for the simple reason that we all, all of us, me included, we all miss our days of being a kid or a teenager or in our 20s. You know, if you were beat up as a kid or abused, you, know, you may not have, have as much fond memories, and I'm saying that seriously, but for the most part, we all miss those days. We wish that we could go back in a time machine and be what it's like when we first turned 21 or when we were a wrestling fan back in the day. You didn't have social media and spoilers. Nostalgia is a big thing and nostalgia is a great thing to have. But Billy Corgan needs to start taking notice that even though Billy Corgan and Dave Logano are getting tweet fucked by every podcaster out there that is dying to get a tweet hand job. They have to also notice that these people that are over the top gushing over their promotion never talk about the wrestlers, never talk about the matches, never talk about the in-ring work. All they'll say in a generalistic term, oh, it's got an old school feel and this, this and that. That's not going to bring them to the pay window. All Billy Corgan is doing for those individuals is making those people feel young again. And it's bringing them back to a simpler time when they were young wrestling fans. That ain't going to generate you gots because every single one of those fucking numb nuts ain't going to put money in the product. Why? Why would they? You know, they should just freeze frame. Really, all they need to do is freeze frame the episode, look at the set, and that's it. They blew their load. I mean, they're, they're offering their man and women juices to NWA. You never hear them talk about the fucking wrestlers. You never hear them talk about the fucking matches. You know, what's the biggest thing that you saw talked about today? Aaron Stevens is flesh-covered tights. You Really? Your NWA has got to take it to the next level. And the only thing you could talk about other than the old school look and feel and Cornette's commentary is dick colored trunks. Now, of course, we all needed to laugh at that. I'm not saying everybody that laughed about Aaron Stevens's trunks is guilty of this. No, I'm not saying that at all. But take notice of the people who are really over the top. That's why I give Mish of wrestling soup so much fucking credit. I don't I'm not going to lie. I don't listen to Joey Numbers as much or Draper, you know, because it just doesn't I I'm in the middle of setting up my house for fucking go video podcasting. I'm going to get engaged in 3 weeks and I'm setting up this gigantic, you know, extravagant thing to impress my girl. All right. I got health issues. My parents both have health issues. I have, you know, an office job. I have to try and I got to try to manage a relationship and do all this stuff at the same time, you know, so I don't get the opportunity to listen to solemn monster like I used to and others. It's not because I dislike anybody out there. I just don't have the time. I wish I had more time and I'm not complaining right now, but since I get the opportunity to do breakfast soup with Mish, you know, we debate about it. That motherfucker will go up and down the list and talk about this wrestler and this wrestler and this and this and this and this. That's the only guy that I really 
at anybody, no, no disrespect to anybody out there, but he is the only person that I have noticed online and on shows that I have heard that has actually dissected and paid attention to the performers. Seriously. Uh, Mambo Mike, other than Mish, who's my favorite podcaster? Simple. Me. Me. I don't listen to my own shit, but me. Absolutely. Me. 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 M-E, me. So, but I just had to make that point about NWA power. Um, now, a lot of you out there uh, brought this to my attention. I know there's some people listening that love House of Glory here in my neck of the woods. And even if you don't live in my area in New York, you know the news that Master P, yeah, that Master P bought House of Glory and this guy shows up on TMZ, putting over the product, you know, Vince McMahon, I'm going to challenge you, and this, this and that. Uh, House of Glory, is, to me, is starting to turn into House of Goof. Because this guy does a video now, he wants to sign CM Punk. You know, this guy is just trying to get attention, and he's starting to look like a goof. You know, when he first bought the promotion, I came up here and I said, best of luck to him. I hope he can invest a little bit of money and take it to the next level. And I'm sure he's doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes. And I know some people that listen to the show, go to those shows, are even involved with those shows. But every time I see this guy online, you know, he, he, he looks like House of Goof. And I know Mambo Mike. Yeah, I said I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna say goof for two weeks. But I was talking about podcasters. This is this is a prom, a promoter now, the owner of a company. So I won't say it again. But seriously, look at that. You know, look at his segments for the last couple of weeks. He's not doing any favors for House of Glory, in my opinion, and especially in my neck of the woods. You know, the promotion people are really starting to take notice to. And even though, yes. A lot of their shows do happen in New York, you know, a decent amount, but it's getting more attention. When I talk to local fans, friends, because I do have a lot of friends, even, you know, my neck of the woods where I work and I mingle with people, I go to stores, banks, and, you know, it's wrestling fans in there. And because I've been doing this for now almost 23 years, you know, I've had people go to my shows and see me do stuff in the indie circuit and everything. And the one fed that I hear more and more and more of than anybody is Major League Wrestling. I mean, Major League Wrestling, they're never going to top Ring of Honor, no matter how many Joey Mercury's leave Ring of Honor. And by the way, you know, that whole situation with Ring of Honor, because I know some of you wanted me to talk about it. Um, all I'm going to say is this, all right? There is Joey Mercury's side, there is Ring of Honor's side, and then somewhere in the middle is the truth. But I will tell you from people that I have talked to privately, not just after this happened, but, you know, over some time, um, Greg Gilliland, G Gillian, Gilliland, G Goof, I'm sorry I had to say it again, Gre Greg, you know, we call him Gillibrand. Because there's a politician, Kristen Gillibrand, that I think she is just a nut. She's just a nut that is never going to fucking win presidency. I'm going to call him Greg Gillibrand. Let him be the fucking, you know, the, he's, this guy is a, is toxic for Ring of Honor. 
And Ring of Honor lost a valuable piece of their puzzle in Joey Mercury. Joey Mercury, even though you may think of him from fucking, you know, the, the with Seth Rollins, or if you go further back, you know, with with Morrison and you know the 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 Authority, where, however you remember him, Joey Matthews, Christian York, that era, that's Joey Mercury, you know, that era, that that's where we go back to, and you might remember him those ways, but behind the scenes, the guy has so much respect amongst his peers. The guy is just a really valuable asset, huge asset to lose on Ring of Honor's part. With all this controversy going on, especially the stuff with Kelly Klein, anybody that listens to me on a regular basis might remember something that I actually gave, I think it was Joe Coff. I think I gave him the props for it. Do you remember what it was? He did an interview a couple of months ago. Might have even been a month or two ago. And whoever was interviewing him brought up women in Ring of Honor. And they asked him about the women in Ring of Honor. And that guy, I give him all the credit in the world because he didn't Brandy Rhodes it. He didn't Stephanie McMahon it. He, when he was asked about women's tag belts or the women's division, he said, look, you can't have a women's promotion with a handful of people. And they weren't focused on the women's division at the time. And he was honest about it. The problem in society today is that if you're not a fan of women's wrestling, a lot of people will label you as a sexist. And that's just flat out wrong. In a business standpoint, you know, you have different audiences. And just because every promotion out there has a huge chunk of it in women's wrestling doesn't mean that your promotion needs to be that. And I'm not saying I agree or disagree. And I didn't agree with disagree with Joe Coff either at the time. But I gave him credit for at least being honest about that. And in the case of Ring of Honor, when you see the contract problems that Kelly Klein is having with Ring of Honor, I mean, honestly, this shouldn't have surprised many people out there. Going back to Joe Coff's interview, you have an idea of how Ring of Honor sees the women's division or the lack thereof. So if you're going to use women very, uh, I don't want to say sporadically, but a lot less than the men. Of course, you're not going to put a lot of big time money in women's wrestling. Now, you know, what was coming out about Kelly Klein's contract is pretty, pretty pathetic, in my opinion. She obviously deserves more. She's, uh, you know, an important asset. But this whole situation with Joey Mercury, that is a huge, huge disaster for Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor already has had a lot of issues. My God, the whole incident that bully Ray with that fan. And if anybody remembers, you know, I defended bully Ray from day one, which I know a lot of you never expected. And, you know, it sure fans have every right to cheer and jeer and say certain things, but it gets to a point where somebody really deserves to get punched right in the fucking mouth. That fan I, I'm very disappointed that footage of what that guy said was never released online. 
because that guy would have been a marked man by any human being out there, any guy out there with balls. Seriously, don't don't misconstrue genitalia through Twitter because you got a lot of people out there who are fucking tough as nails, superhero superstars on Twitter. In real life, they are nothing but pussies, you know, and my God, when you see people out there that use cartoons and logos for their profile or outdated photos from fucking a time when they, they just barely reached puberty, you know, that shows you how tough they really are. You know, thin-skinned, embarrassed of themselves, and anybody on Twitter could come off as a superstar. You know, it, I defended Bully Ray because what this guy was saying, the guy deserved to get pulled aside, but Ring of Honor... You know, they all got neutered because they they can't afford to lose more fans. You know, they, oh, you know, fans have every right to cheer and they are paying and we're investigating it and we're looking into it. And you had all these people writing, oh, Ring of Honors is opened up an investigation. What do you think? This is Inspector Gadget. You think this is a fucking FBI? They open an investigation? The fuck do you think happened behind the scenes? You know, uh, you know, bully, bully, what, right? What, what, what happened? Oh, what did this guy say? That's the investigation. What do, what do you think? There was forensics involved and detectives and witness statements and this, this and that. Ring of Honor didn't do nothing. They just wanted to give this perception that. They're sensitive. What came out of it? And look at the opposite side. Look what happened with Jay Lethal and those god-awful accusations made against him. It was nonsense. But instead of just standing by, you know, their employee, you know, I sound like the fuck out of you. Seriously. And Impact Wrestling, you know, honestly, um, I knew I wasn't going to get a response, but I, I con- you know, sent a tweet. I contacted. I sent a tweet. It sounded like um, another podcaster out there. I sent a tweet. You know, hey, Access TV, what's the viewership for Impact Wrestling? All right. Hey, I, well, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't aware that they weren't registered with Nielsen, but my God, they have to know what kind of viewership Impact Wrestling goes gets. If I fucking sold Access TV the world that I get a million people tuning in and I'm going to do video and put me on Access TV and them stupid enough to put me on Access TV and I'm fucking generating nothing, I'm sure that there's somebody in an executive meeting that says, you know, uh, this guy is terrible and he, I don't know how anybody could like him, but he claims he's got a million viewers, so we got to take him by his word. You know, there's no honesty, you know, pinky swear. They know what the numbers are. I want to know what kind of viewership they got. Because if they're getting 41,000 viewers, like someone told me, and I trust this person to be pretty accurate, even though he said to me that's not an exact number, but it's in the range. You're getting 41,000 people. You know, I think when I went into the diner the other day to buy dinner, I think there was more people in the bathroom watching me pee than your fucking viewership. 
I think that segment that they had on TV, I don't know if you saw Impact this week, but Sammy Callahan, you know, trying to make the little joke of Jericho, you know, we don't drink bubbly, we drink beer. I think the number of people in that segment were more than the viewership of Impact Wrestling. But if we're going to spend time every week and we are going to incorporate Impact Wrestling on these shows, don't you think that we should have an idea of what their viewership is like? Because if only 10,000 people are watching it, why do they deserve any type of, of press? Seriously. And look, let's also give them credit because they're going to have ODB Appreciation Night later this week here in Queens, New York, the Melrose Ballroom in Long Island City. They're going to have an event November 7th and November 8th. And all the ticket proceeds are going to ODB so she can, you know, try to get her food truck, you know, done again. It's very expensive. I insure food trucks. I know what they can cost. Um, and she lost everything. And good for Impact Wrestling for doing that. And for anybody who lives in my neck of the woods that might want to go check it out, they're advertising Rob Van Dam, Tessa Blanchard, Rhino, TJP, Tennille Jashwood, Ken Shamrock, Sammy Callahan, Moose, Madison Rain, Jordan Grace, and Eddie Edwards. It's not a bad card. It's not a bad lineup. So, you know, kudos for them for doing that. But other than that, other than mentioning that, you know, Access TV, trust me when I tell you, everybody, if Access TV got incredible numbers for Impact Wrestling, that would be in a press release. That would be talked about by every website and every podcast who was trying to get a tweet hand job or get a fucking job. You know, I know everybody out there is going ape shit because Ryan Satin landed a gig for WWE. You know, look, I didn't say anything on social media. And I know Ryan Satin. Well, and then again, the one time that I actually said something about Ryan Satin like four or five years ago, it got back to him. And I honestly didn't even remember what I had said, to be honest with you. But I didn't say anything publicly this time around because I know a lot of my friends and those in my inner circle really despise the man. And I understand why I just choose to avoid it completely. My honest take about Ryan Satin, you know, I saw some people in the podcasting world saying to him, hey, you know, you did it the right way and you got your opportunity, blah, 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 blah. And I know that's like battery acid to a lot of people out there. Me, I'm not looking to get a role on a wrestling show. You know, you understand what I'm saying? So, you know, I could care less if somebody other than my friends lands a job or doesn't. But for Ryan Satin, this is what he wanted to do. You know, any there's a lot of podcasters out there. I don't want to start naming individual names. And I'm not saying this is a negative thing, but there's a lot of podcasters out there that you do like that are really trying to land a job with a promotion. That's their dream. And if you want to go for that dream, good for you. I don't understand why people would be so angry at it. Nobody is forcing anybody to watch him on the backstage. And I don't know if the rating that came out is actually right. It just sounds awfully, awfully incorrect. Um, I don't have it in front of me. But for those that want to know, just out of curiosity, um, 
Last week, WWE backstage, I think, did like, what, four or 500,000 viewers. And this week, I think it did 59,000 or something like that. It's just like an insanely low number. I don't know if there was a technical issue or anything. I have no idea. Maybe because of it was, I, I don't know. But with Ryan Satin, I don't like him. I don't dislike him. This is what he worked for. He got it. Best of luck to him. Seriously. I mean, I don't pay attention to him. I, I, I totally understand. You know, a lot of my friends in the podcasting world that can't stand him, their reasons are definitely valid. I, I'm not disagreeing at all. But me, I just stay away from it because I got so much other shit going on right now. I'm not pussying out. You know, I would never go against my posse. You know, I but you know, the guy landed the role. Good for him. Seriously. nobody. You don't want to watch him? Don't watch him. You know, I just can't. I just can't get into the we look forward to seeing people fall flat on their face. You know, I felt that with Renee Young. It's like, you know, when Renee Young was removed from the announcers, you know, it's like people felt vindicated that, you know, that she acknowledged her failures or that she wasn't good, whatever she said. And when people felt vindication, now look, some people in the podcasting world, I know Joey Numbers really hit it nail on the head with her, with her you know, analysis towards her. But there are others out there that were like happy and vindicated that she she failed. I don't think it's cool for anybody out there. And this leads, oh, what a great segue. What a great segue. This leads to Chris Jericho interviewing Donald Trump Jr. Donald Trump Jr. It is unbelievable. Unbelievable how people were triggered and it was so beautiful not because it's the son of donald trump jr i thought it was hilarious because the name of donald trump jr's new book is called triggered and i saw so many wrestling fans triggered because jericho interviewed the son of our pre president now i'm not taking the president's side or going against him right now. I'm just saying it like this. For every podcaster, for every website, for every blog, I'm not saying fans, but for every one of them that ripped Jericho for interviewing Donald Trump Jr., you are fake. You are phony. You have selective outrage. You are frauds. And you just say, do anything that gets you the most likes on social media. And why do I say that? Because Talk is Jericho is a fucking show. And Chris Jericho, get ready, everybody. Chris Jericho has interviewed many Republicans in the past. Chris Jericho has interviewed many Democrats in the past. Hell, Andrew Yang is a fucking big fan of Jericho and AEW, and they acknowledged him back. Jericho is a talk host. Jericho does, and I'm not kissing Jericho's ass right now, but Jericho does what you all bitch about, what you all want in this world, but you don't show it yourselves. 
You want everybody to be judged based on their merits, not because of their color. People shouldn't be treated different because they're gay. People shouldn't be uh, treated this way because they're black. People shouldn't be treated this way because they're lesbian. People shouldn't be treated this way because of this or that or this or Arab or Indian or this. But here you have Jericho who interviews every type of person across the board and you get triggered by it. Your own words that you want have done in this world, the minute he interviewed someone that goes against your values, your views, your political, whatever it is, you had a gigantic problem with it. And that exposes a lot of frauds out there. All right. The best people that you enjoyed being interviewed, for all the people that can't stand Republicans, if you had any idea how many people that he interviewed that you loved were Republicans themselves, they just don't talk about it publicly. You know, just because someone doesn't say it 10,000 times doesn't mean that they're not. So for everybody out there that got so triggered, he is a fucking talk show host. Morons, Nimrods. Oh, and speaking of Nimrods, we said this two weeks ago. Oh, my God. People are writing that Randy Orton is teasing an AEW jump. And then Randy Orton signs a contract with WWE this week. Rumored. Supposedly did. I think even Triple H acknowledged it. I said it two weeks ago. I say it again now. Randy Orton never teased an AEW jump. I don't know if people have not realize this after 10 years online, but Randy Orton likes to troll people. And he trolled all your asses. Like I said with Mish, I think last week or the week before in Breakfast Soup. He trolled all your asses. He had no intentions on going to AEW. He is pretty much a WWE lifer. And that guy, when he posted the elevator thing, he fucking saw a sign on the elevator that said elite. And he's like, oh, look at this. Oh, we got to take a picture of this. And that's what he did. And he put it, a couple of wrestlers' names that everybody is teased of an AEW jump that they're being misused and everything. And guys that he's been around like the revival. And what happens? Oh, Randy Orton. Rumor, teasing, he jumped AEW. He never fucking teased. Now you got morons who got exposed. And what's the latest? Oh, he used AEW to get this WWE deal. He used AEW. Sure, sure. Yeah, okay. You keep doing what you're doing. Please give me the ingredients of that special soup that you have at home. I got to try a sample of that. I got to feel what it, what it, I got to really, I, I want to feel what it's like to be mentally fucking disturbed 24, 7, 365. I seriously, huh? Big shout out to Morel Coombs Jr. His birthday this week. Good friend of the family. It's going to be 44. Good for you, man. God bless you. Enjoy it. Uh, also going to give some congratulatories for those that aren't aware. I know it's been rumored for a while. But it is now official, Scarlet Bordeaux, WWE Performance Center. Shotzi Blackheart, Indy Hartwell, and referee Stefan Smith. Stefan Smith, we can't say Stefan Smith. Some people might get confused. He and the other three ladies are now part of the WWE Performance Center. 
And I think that's awesome. And you know what? You know what I fucking loved about it all? And this is not Kiss, Killer Cross's ass, or, you know, Scarlet Bordeaux. But she's continuing with the, hey, why is Diva such a bad word? And I agree. Why is Diva such a bad word? I know a lot of you agree as well. Why is that such a bad word? You know, every time the Sports Illustrated swimsuit article comes out, I'm waiting for the fucking the, you know, politically correct version where they're all wearing dinner dresses. You know, that's that's the new one. You know, the new fucking pictorial is going to be, you know, with the most clothes on. It's going to all look like Lana's from Saudi Arabia. And you know what? I got to give major props to Mish, even though we don't talk about the main product, but I give major props since we just mentioned Lana in Saudi Arabia. He picked up on something that just totally went over my head that I didn't even think about. But you know, she's in the middle of a storyline where she's cheating on her husband. And yeah, I'm going to say it point blank because we're talking about, you know, the way people are looked in Saudi Arabia. But not only is he cheating on his, on his, you know, his fucking Russian or Romanian husband or whatever it is, but he's cheating on her with a fucking black guy. She goes on the fucking rampway in Saudi Arabia. In that country, you get killed for infidelity. So I honestly got to tell you, man, I don't know what the fuck WWE was thinking, bringing her all the way to Saudi Arabia. I know it's a form of entertainment, but you get into other countries, I don't think you want to put yourself in a position to take a chance and really, I just think that a lot of people didn't think that through. And he picked up on it and, you know, gave her a lot of props. And she actually acknowledged him and appreciated what he said. So, you know, very smart thinking there, my friend. By the way, for those who are on Patreon or anybody that wants to sign up between now and Thursday afternoon, Mish and I will be doing breakfast soup around 2 p.m. Eastern. You know, give or take an hour. So we'll always post the countdowns online. Um, Adam Cole, you know, we saw that segment on NXT tonight. Yeah, I am going back and forth with everything, but, you know, we're trying to make this, you know, nice and mixed up. You know, I'm not one to come up here and say, you know, AEW tonight in Charlotte, North Carolina, blah, 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 to a no contest, and this, this, and that. You could get that anywhere. You know, I'm going to give you some match results. I'm going to give you an overall synopsis of what I feel about this. And look, as these shows go forward, you know, these shows will change and they'll morph. And the one thing that I've been getting back from a lot of you out there is we don't need the match by match results or spoilers, you know, because you could get that pretty much anywhere. But, you know, you'd rather have me talk about things that stood out to me, things that I liked, didn't like. Other, Even the point of Cody Rhodes, how he could win this weekend and uh, or lose this weekend and still get a title shot in the future. Things like that. So if you're expecting match by match, any fucking Tom, Dick, or Jane could do that. That's lazy, you know. But that that's one thing that will change a little bit with these shows. I'm not going to go through match by match and segment and this, this, and that. I will bring up things where it's needed. But with NXT tonight, before they went on the air, they showed a segment. I was watching USA Network on my laptop. About 10 minutes before NXT started, Mauro Ranallo was on a commercial break. 
talking about the breaking news, and they showed the OC laying out the Undisputed Era. Um, uh, who who was it? Uh, was it Bobby Fish that fucking looked like he busted his nose open? Did anybody see that? Who was it that got his face planted against the, that side barricade? And all you saw was this big block. Yeah, see, Tony says it was him. You saw this big thing of blood. I was like, oh, fuck. Wow, that looked really, really sweet. Um, I don't know how much I like the idea that 10 minutes before they start, you have Mar and all on a commercial break during the USA Network's previous show. Because anybody that saw that on USA Network, I don't know how many people that watch that show that do not watch NXT that are like, hey, you know what? I'll stick around and watch this. I think if you're going to watch NXT, you're going to watch NXT. Uh, I, 10 minutes before, I think it would have been great if they could land a you know, commercial spot on TNT before, you know, Dynamite starts. You have Mar and all checking in and this, this and that. But, um, you know, look, the segment was good the way it did. But, you know, you see the Undisputed Era, you see Adam Cole and... I read this week uh, an article, and you see how people tease with their websites. WWE Hall of Famer says that Adam Cole should take steroids. Can you guess? Can you guess who the, who this person was? I, I As soon as I heard it, I knew it was going to be, and yes, it was. It was superstar Billy Graham. And basically saying that Adam Cole is way too small. And, uh, you know, I, I you know what? It, I, he should have said it about Sammy Guevara also. I understand Sammy Guevara. He's supposed to get under your skin. The, the, you know, the excessive use of the tongue. He's not George the Latino Steel, you know, Steel as. You know, this tongue thing is supposed to get under your skin. You know, I don't know how uh, that many girls out there when he sticks out his tongue and they're like, oh, oh. No, it's supposed to just annoy you. Like, the fuck's this guy sticking out his tongue for? You know, and yes, you know, he's getting a little bit of rub with Jericho. Um, but he is extremely small. Seeing him doing a beatdown and hitting some of the moves that he does. I don't know, man. I just I can't buy into it yet. But yeah, Billy Graham, though, his comments I thought were pretty fucking dopey. But um, AEW tonight, you had, uh, a, honestly, I thought a great show. Um, I will admit that Pack versus Trent to open up the show, even though we had a little bit of the Orange Cassidy, and this time Orange Cassidy got, you know, planted in the mouth, which even if you're a fan of him, it made sense tonight because if wrestlers are suddenly going to be fucking paralyzed in the ring and not want to deck your ass for doing that stuff, then something's wrong here. So, you know, Orange Cassidy doing what he did was f fun and everything. But, you know, they got I think they got to pick the spots a little bit more. But Pat beating Trent in almost 14 minutes was a, a really odd opener for me. And it had nothing to do with the fact that they're going into full gear or anything like that. Um, the match was awesome. You know, but this isn't 1995 where you get an opening match of Rey Mysterio versus Dean Malenko or Eddie Guerrero versus somebody or Hoovy or anything like that. You know, you really got to fucking, you know, get some, you know, names that people 
can identify. And yes, Pack is a household name and everything like that. Um, but I was a little confused of that match. But you know, it's leading into full gear of Pack versus Hangman Page, which I'll give you some quick predictions in a little bit. Um, another match. You have Private Party versus the Dark Order. And my apologies, you know, in the past, I have said that Dark Order, when they have their minions coming out, I think those are just, you know, gushy podcasters that AEW convinced to finally show themselves, you know, outside of their, you know, computer screens. And they have masks on, so you don't know who they are, but they all looked out of shape and everything. And I always joked and said they look like, you know, the gushy podcasters that get like a little bit of a hand job in return by being a minion. I take that back because I paid attention to the minions tonight and they're bending down. They're on their knees. They're, they're squatting. They're walking while they're squatting. They're shitting while they're squatting. They're fucking, you know, and I'm like, they ain't no podcaster out there that could move around like that you know like i said earlier the most of these podcasters that don't have the balls to show themselves or their current selves or the whatever they are you know they're the the only muscles that they flex are their pink their fingertips and their mouth when they eat that's it so you know dark order but i will say this of all of the wrestlers who have appeared on aew dynamite the first month or so that have been on AEW more than once that I scratch my head and I understand that everybody could have a five-star match. Not everybody could have a five-star gimmick, but the dark order does nothing for me. I don't know who they blew in the back. I don't know if they are blackmailing someone. I don't know if they're make-a-wish survivors. I don't know if they paid con fucking a boatload of money and they're not bad in the ring. But I don't know why they're getting this ring time and there are others that have yet to make their debut on AEW. This is just my opinion. Not everybody agrees with me. Some people in the chats right now are saying that they like the Dark Order. I'm not saying that they shouldn't be on TV, but I have seen more of the Dark Order than I needed the first five, six weeks. And um, meanwhile, there are other people that have yet to make their debut. But I also understand because this match, the winner was going to be added to the tag team title match at full gear. You know, you didn't have too many choices to put up against private party. You kind of knew that private party was going to get the win for the simple reason that private party is obviously, you know, talented as fuck. And, you know, although they had, you know, their share of missed spots against Lucha Brothers, this adds a different dynamic to the match. And also it gives a little respite for each team. When you have a third team in there, after one team does an unbelievable spot and everybody's chanting holy shit, they can relax on the mat or on the outside of the ring for two, three minutes while another team, you know, gets the advantage against the team. So, you know, I have no problem with the match. Again, you know, over 10 minutes, it almost feels like they're going with this 10-minute rule. And yes, we praised the shit out of it two weeks ago. In fact, I pointed it out the first hour, two weeks ago, every match over 10 minutes and clean finishes. This time around, the same thing. 
matches over 10 minutes. You had one almost 14 minutes, one over, over 11, and the women's match almost 14 minutes. You know, but at the same time, though, I don't know if Dark Order and Private Party needed to go that long. Um, next, you had Emmy Sakura and Jamie Hayter defeating Rio and Shauna. This is to hype up the fact, you know, of uh, Sakura. I always called her Sakura, but, you know, people pronounce it Sakura. It's to hype up the fact that Sakura and Rio are fighting each other for the women's title on Saturday. Um, you know, I, I, the match was not bad. In fact, the crowd was really into it. They were chanting, this is awesome, several times tonight. I thought it was good. Um, you know, I, I love the Japanese women influence in AEW because when I was talking a little bit earlier about Sheeta and Sakura and Riho, you know, we got three Japanese women right there. Um, you know, from, from that style of wrestling, you know, but, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, it's, it's not bad. Um, the women's division is not as bad as people think. You know, I think people need to understand too, and this is very important. You got to understand this. WWE, yes, Raw goes three hours. And you have a lot of people that say Raw should be two hours. No question. When you see SmackDown and you get two hours of SmackDown, you know, a lot of people feel that that's, you know, a decent time to have you know, everybody seems to get, you know, for the most part, a little spot here and there. Um, but you also need to understand when they do these quote unquote rosters, drafts and whatever, they always have more wrestlers drafted to Raw and SmackDown because Raw is three hours and SmackDown is only two. AEW does not have a second brand. They only have one brand and that's it. And they have to treat that brand like WWE treats SmackDown, all right? But again, you don't have another group of wrestlers on AEW's roster that could wrestle on a Raw, you know, on a second televised show. Yes, you have AEW Dark, but you can't look into Dark more than what it actually is. So there are wrestlers that keep getting put by the wayside. There are several women that have not been used. My God, just look at the first, the, the the Casino Royale or whatever that shit was. Look at how many women. I mean, we were all fucking thinking, oh my God, Mercedes Martinez, they bring her on the fucking main ride. She's going to kick ass. Some people thought that, you know, we might end up getting Tennille Dashwood, you know, after the impact stuff and this and that. And we're not getting any of that. It's, it's just, there's not enough time. It's just not enough time. Um... And it's very, very tough to have a big promotion and try to fit everybody in in two hours. But after five or six weeks, you see who AEW focuses around. And you don't blame them because they have a pay-per-view they're trying to sell tickets and streams from. But on the flip side of it, you know, explain to me how MJF is not used more. Explain to me how some wrestlers have yet to make their debut, not even once. Explain to me why some wrestlers are used repeatedly in favor of others. I don't get that. And the only 
justification I could think of is once again, they think they're treating this promotion like it's been around for five years. That, oh, we don't have to bring that person in for the first three months. That's our ace in the hole. When we're ready to blow our load on that person, we can just debut them whenever they want. No, 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 no. And look, who am I in the end? I'm not running a promotion. But as far as wrestling fans' perception, there's a lot of wrestling fans out there that are baffled now some people have yet to make their TV debut. Even, you know, the situation with Brandy. Today we got that segment. It's now showing Awesome Kong a lot more. But keep in mind, you know, it's not like, you know, she can't be on TV. Awesome Kong should have been the one laying out Jamie Hayter in the back. Even if Brandy was there smiling, even after if after it happened, you know, she could be the Paul Heyman, you know, for Awesome Kong. And when the interviewer asked, you know, Brandy, you know, why did Awesome Kong? Then you could have Brandy go, Sean Spears versus Brandon Cutler. Um, Tully Blanchard, love the Four Horsemen, love that he still makes appearances in wrestling. After the feud with Cody, unsuccessful, Sean Spears, should have laid him out, walked out on him if he can't take a bad bump or with this and that. He does absolutely nothing for me. You know what it reminds me of, and I hate to say this, it reminds me of Bob Backlund with Darren Young. We're going to make Darren Young great again. It's just, I don't know what he, even when he passed the chair to Sean Spears tonight, like Tully Blanchard looks frail. And he's just... What what is his role? Like he's supposed to he's supposed to, you know, mentor Sean Spears. I thought the perfect storyline is he hates the Rhodes family. So he's going to, you know, tell Sean Spears everything he knows about the Rhodes family so Sean Spears could overcome Cody Rhodes. And unfortunately, that was not successful. And after that, to me, you know, Tully Blanchard's role was done. It's done. I'm sorry for saying this. I just, I say this with the utmost respect. He walks out to the ring with Sean Spears. There's virtually no interaction. I mean, you see Tully Blanchard. He's pointing to the fans for acknowledgement. Like, hey, cool. You know, oh, yeah. No, uh, hit him. Hit him. Hey, how you doing? Oh, enforcement. Hit him. I just not feeling it. Thank God you made the change with Earl Hepner. You know, get rid of him. I just, uh, I'm sorry. I don't think Tully Blanchard is helping Sean Spears at all. I think for old school fans who love the Four Horsemen, maybe only witness the Four Horsemen by watching the WWE Network and they see a legend, it's always nice to see a legend. It's always cool to see somebody from yesteryear. My God, how funny was it to see Virgil tonight? And by the way, I got such a kick, and I didn't even make any jokes online because I knew in the beginning people were going to get fooled by it. But when Jericho's promo first started, a lot of people thought it was real. 
Like when Guevara was talking about Jericho and, you know, they had like, like people didn't realize right away that that was satire of Cody. And that segment was fucking hilarious to have Virgil and they would they call him Soul Man Jones and Jericho's aunt's friend from church. Oh, that was so fucking funny. And Jericho's in the bathtub and he's spitting out water and, you know, he kisses Guevara on the head. Guevara's giving him choices of champagne to drink. What a well-produced segment. I mean, and that's a segment that does not require money for the most part. You know, you, you pay an old lady bingo money, you know, and she's probably the relative of somebody who's, you know, involved with AEW. It was a hilarious segment. It fit perfectly. You know, mocking Cody was the right way to go. And I said it earlier and I'll say it again. Um, Cody, and, and look, give credit to Virgil that he can actually poke fun at himself. Because of all of the legends, of all of the people out there that they could have used for a segment, you wanted to put out there, you know, somebody that's a legend, but someone who is probably labeled the least. Like if you had top 100 legends you would want to meet, Virgil would probably, if, if you only forced to choose from 100 people, Virgil would probably be 100, number 100. Or for some people out there, you would probably put Virgil in like maybe number 34 because you you want to feel like, oh, everybody's got to be inclusive. Can't leave out Virgil. But my God, that was a really well, well done segment. Excellent. And Cody's promo, I'll reiterate it again. Promo of the year, across the board, promo of his career, undoubtedly, Um. I know some wrestlers sometimes will use vulgar language and you feel it's forced just because they're allowed to. Just because you're allowed to grab the cookie doesn't mean you grab the cookie. Just because you're allowed to stay out till midnight doesn't mean you have to be out till midnight. Just because you could do a podcast for two hours doesn't mean you have to do it for two hours. You go and you do what you want to do. And when you're, you have your limit and you're done, you're done, plain and simple. With promos and you're allowed, yeah, fuck it, grab the cookie, why not? Um, especially if it's chocolate chip. But no, with a promo, they're on TNT, you're allowed a little bit of vulgar language. My God, USA Network with uh, Temptation Planet, they're, did you see that during the NXT break today? They're, they're showing literally a guy fucking about to pump some chick. And then there's another girl fooling around and sleeping. I'm like, oh, my God, all the little kitties watching ML, uh, NXT, the commercial breaks. That's funny. But, you know, look, AEW, you're allowed to use some vulgar language. Doesn't mean you always have to. And some people, it feels forced. In the case of Cody tonight, you know, Cody was basically saying, you're calling me a millennial. Your father's, you come from a famous family too, you stupid dick. That's something you and I would say. You know, they're not going to use the F word, obviously. And I mean, fuck, I don't mean the other words, but uh, no, I mean, wouldn't you say, what are you, what are you, a dick? It fit perfectly. 
And Cody, it felt like it came from the heart. Um, the one thing that actually the two things that I enjoyed the most from his promo, um, obviously everybody enjoyed when he called Jericho stupid, stupid, uh, stupid dick. But when Cody was talking about how AEW is the Ellis Island for wrestlers and that's freedom, you know, fans ate that up. And that doesn't mean you leave WWE and, you know, give me your poor, give me your release, your underutilized, like the Statue of Liberty. That's not what he means. But wrestlers who really, you know, are being held back because of the machine and because of overscripted, AEW is a different place. Jericho just did an, uh, an interview uh, the last day or two and said, look, we don't want to be labeled like old TNA where somebody leaves WWE and they're making the jump to AEW. He says they're not going to do that. There are some people, obviously, that you want to capitalize on, but they're not going to pick up everybody that, you know, so he's basically saying like, look, if you're in WWE right now and you think, oh, let me get out of my contract and I'll fucking make a nice payday in AEW, that doesn't mean that they're going to take you. But when Cody cut the promo and said that AEW is the Ellis Island for wrestlers and it's freedom, you know, it fit. It it Everything just clicked. And when he also said that, you know, early in his career, he was undesirable. Now he is goddamn undeniable. It just, he was so smooth and fluent. And again, this is coming from a guy that is not a big Cody fan. I still am not like must-see main event guy to me, but he definitely has proven to me as a wrestling fan, he's proven to me that he deserves the opportunity that he gets in the ring. Absolutely. And I loved it. I loved it. Definitely enjoyed the promo and the, the crowd ate it up. And... Anybody out there that shits on Cody's promo, especially in podcast and website land, you really, you're on Facebook, block them. If you're, if they're on Twitter, unfollow them, you know, just, just, or mute them. You know, there's a few people on social media that, you know, I have no desire to following. So, you know, I follow them because I almost, almost have to. Nobody on Patreon, uh, and I'm not just saying that to Panda for subscriptions, but, and, and honestly, uh, a handful of them have nothing to do with wrestling. I swear on a stack of Bibles, but there's some people that if I unfollowed, hey, would you follow, unfollow me for? You know, at my age, I don't even want to fucking hear that. I'd rather just follow someone and then just mute them so I don't ever have to see this shit, to be honest with you. It works great. You know, for, for people out there, even in the chat rooms, oh, this person is annoying as fuck. There is something called the mute button. You can mute. You just can't mute me, unfortunately, especially when I do solo shows. Um, So that's, you know, what we had so far with AEW. Um, You know, the main event tonight ended up in a clusterfuck. And once again, and I'm not saying this to be negative, I'm just pointing it out, every episode of AEW has ended, in a, in main event, has ended without, you know, just a clean winner. And with the exception of the Moxley match that ended up in a, you know, time limit draw, there's always been, you know, 
disarray, interference. And once again, you know, somebody, I, I wish I could give credit for this, but this popped up on my, my wall before I went live. And somebody wrote this, and I, I, I got to give the person credit. I don't know who said it, but they said that AEW is starting to feel like a hippie version of WWE. And that's not a, a bad comparison. Um, look, WWE's writing is, de I mean, AEW's writing is definitely more entertaining than WWE. You could see they're letting wrestlers be themselves more. Moxley is benefiting from it. Um, some others are as well. Cody, I, I mean, my God, you know, I don't think he would have been able to say half the stuff, Put even taking away the vulgarity, I don't think he'd be able to say half the stuff that he said tonight. So there is a lot more creative freedom. That's definitely something for AEW's advantage. Um, but once again, you got a main event that has interference, and yes, you're selling it for full gear, but Jericho and Guevara defeat Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. Um, afterwards, big-time brawl with everybody involved in the pay-per-view. Went off the air, they were still brawling, and uh, it was a great episode. I mean, for the most part, it was a great episode. Um, I just wish AEW would start understanding a little bit more as far as their TV product goes that, you know, some people are not household names and they need to be, even if you had them at the all-in pay-per-view or all-out pay-per-view or in Florida, you know, you have to reintroduce some people. And um, look at Marco Stunt. I mean, after that match, you know, here's another thing I give AEW a lot of credit for, a lot of credit. AEW is not caving in to what is socially acceptable, something that is favorable amongst their fans. I think everybody and their mother felt that Nyla Rose, no question, was getting that title. I even said it. You know, you could see the press releases, the appreciation for the LGBTQ community, you know, first this, first that. You know, there's just a lot of things, you know, although, you know, Tony Khan you know, it was a little bit slick with that announcement with Florida. You know, it's, it, trust me, you don't hype that up for days and count down for hours. And the, the guy that's running the whole thing has no idea that this stuff is going on. That motherfucker is on social media more than you can imagine. He monitors everything. He knew exactly what was going on with that announcement. And they have backup plans. That's one thing that I said about TNA back in the day that I said many, many years ago that if I ever had the opportunity to work for TNA, and look, I'm not looking for a job anywhere. If something was offered to me and it's within my means and it doesn't interfere with my work and personal life, I'd always consider it, obviously. But the one thing that Dixie Carter did not have is she did not have a devil's advocate. She didn't have someone behind the scenes where if they pitched these ideas or this, you needed someone to go completely against the grain and look at the total opposite side of it. You could see AEW with a lot of their social media. They're prepared for an opposite outcome. And you got to give them credit for being well prepared for that. So um, NXT tonight, I already talked about, you know, quite a bit of it. Uh, very disappointed how WWE handled 
the retaliation of what NXT did on Friday last week and on Monday. The OC and AJ Styles showing up and pretty much it. You know, no Bailey, no, not, you, you, we'll probably see them next week now. But man, you never get a second chance at a first impression. And when you're at the major leagues, even though I, I love Ciampa's promo at the beginning of the night where he told, you know, the, the OC, you know, you, you, know, you always you know, strive to go to the main roster. Well, welcome OC to the main roster, you know, calling NXT the main roster. I thought that was great. But again, you know, if you look at the storyline, who are these NXT guys showing up in our backyard? You know, we're going to fucking show them. Don't do that again. And nobody shows up. Did somebody die in the WWE offices that we don't know about and they had to go to a funeral? Did they go back to Saudi Arabia and get held up in, in, in a fucking hotel? Oh, my God, I got to be in a hotel for another 12 hours. Oh, <laughs> inconvenience, blue check marks. That's what it was. Look, were some of those wrestlers scared shit about being in Saudi Arabia? Absolutely. I don't blame them. But hey, you're the one that chose to go to that fucking country. You, It's not going to be fucking peaches and ice cream, you know, every minute that you're there. You know, what do you, what do you think? They're going to put, you know, halos around you and little beads and charms and welcome to our country. You know, the world, the, the world is your oyster. Anything here, you know, you can have anything you want. Nah, that doesn't work that way. Inconvenience, blue check marks. That's how I looked at it. Inconvenience, blue check marks. When mainstream news, I said it last week, I say it again. When mainstream news, don't mention nothing. And Tom's, you know, give me a handjob wrestling.com is the only one reporting it. Chances are, Overly exaggerated. Um, you know, one thing I need to mention tonight, even though a lot of you may not know about this, uh, but I want to make mention to it. Mansoor wrestled on 205 Live tonight. I think he wrestled the Brian, uh, the Brian Kendrick. So after Mansoor's performance against Cesaro, uh, I want to see his match against the Brian Kendrick. I, I still say it. Mansoor versus Cesaro, my favorite match from Saudi Arabia. Um, so anyway, getting back to NXT, you know, they're, they got war games in two weeks. And that's NXT TakeOver. So tonight's NXT was not going to be only about Survivor Series. I think we all knew that. Even though, you know, the, the segments that should have had WWE involvement, there was none. <laughs> How Shayna Baszler, you know, doesn't get anything tonight. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like, you just think about everything that went down. It's like, you know, that motherfucker should have been crucified tonight. And instead, you know, the whole teaser is, you know, the, you know, what's going to happen with Dakota Kai since she's not on, you know, Rhea Ripley's team? Will she join up with Shayna Baszler? And, you know, who knows? Who knows? Um, But... You know, as far as matches tonight, the opening match was Pete Dunne versus Damian Priest. Tell you, man, people said the match only went like 11 minutes. I thought it went a lot longer than that. And it was a great match. And I have been saying for a while now, I am a big fan of Damian Priest. I wasn't. You know, I didn't see too much of him, you know, up until a few months ago. 
but I really like what I see. I think Damian Priest is definitely destined to the main roster. He did not lose anything tonight by losing. You know, sometimes you win when you lose, and sometimes you actually gain a little momentum. Him losing tonight did not lose any any type of momentum whatsoever. Damian Priest is a player. You know, they obviously have to, you know, tweak him a little bit more, but they are on to something. That guy, and he's great on the mic. I am impressive. You know, I don't have a man crush on him, but I think he's pretty fucking good. So um, next we had Santana Garrett. A lot of people didn't even remember that she's in NXT, but she actually lost to Tynara. Um, you know, very, very quick match. I think some people felt a little bit shortchanged about the match, but, uh, you know, it was just to get her a little bit of TV time. Next, we had Shayna Baszler um, defeating Dakota Kai uh, in a non-title match. Shayna Baszler, the NXT Women's Champion. You know, right now they're teasing as far as who is going to fill the spots for Ripley's team and Baszler's team. Like, they have one spot open. And, you know, last week we were unsure who was going to be on on each team. Well, this was, you know, the storyline because Dakota Kai lost. Rhea Ripley felt that Dakota Kai was the, the odd woman out. And Mia Yim gets a spot on Rhea Ripley's team. And, you know, again, a lot of people are wondering, you know, where this leaves Dakota Kai. It's not a very important storyline, but it's, hey, it's it's something. And this is what NXT has always been. You know, not every big-time NXT star gets, you know, the the the, the rolls and the swerves. And, and it wasn't bad. Um, the crowd, I don't think, was all that enjoying the fact that Mia Yim was being added to uh, Team Ripley for, you know, war games. But, you know, not a bad match. Um, next, we had Tony Nese versus Angel Garza. Uh, winner become the number one contender of the NXT Cruiserweight title. Angel Garza did win after the match was over. Um, we had Leo Rush come out to the rampway and uh, want to shake the hand of Angel Garza. Angel Garza acts like he's going to shake his hand instead. Slaps as some people call it, the bejesus out of Leo Rush's face. Man, was that a fucking slap. I mean, that was like one of those girl slaps when you see like a, like one of the women on a women's wrestling just smack someone in the face really hard. Oh my God, was that a hard slap. Didn't Stephanie slap Nikki Bella a while back? Was it Nikki or was it Brie that Stephanie slapped? Honestly, I almost blew a load when I saw that because... Uh, it was just really great slap. But, um, you know, look, Angel Garza, talented. And uh, we'll see where this match goes. Now, I am proud to let everybody know that I now pronounce his name correctly. All right. You know, I was having a hard time pronouncing his name, but it's Dominic Dijakovic. Dijakovic, do I say it right now? Dominic Dijakovic. Dijakovic? Dijakovic. 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 Yeah. Anyway, he wrestled Isaiah Scott. You know, not a bad match. 
you know, I, I again, you know, might have been one of those matches where, you know, really didn't do much for you as far as NXT goes. Um, uh, Dijakovic. Dijakovic. Dijakovic is a fucking monster. I mean, Hangman Page is bigger than I think he's perceived on TV as far as size-wise. And so is Dijakovic. And I think he should be more in squash matches. I don't know why he needs to have seven and ten-minute matches. Um, The match seemed to drag on. And it wasn't bad, but again, it just felt like filler tonight. You mean to tell me, with all due respect, we just had Keith Lee and Dijakovic tear it down. They just People thought they were going to even team up. And you mean to tell me that instead of this match tonight, you couldn't have like some WWE women show up and maybe try to attack Shayna Baszler or you have Bailey or somebody or somebody from, from SmackDown? I just felt like that match should have been replaced with something else. But again, it also feels like WWE, because of full gear, waited a week. And I think that was a very stupid idea because momentum is a very important tool. And after tonight, do you feel much momentum? Does it feel like, you know, you remember Kurt Angle with the the walkie-talkies? It's on! It's on! Ah! That's what it should have felt like tonight. It should have felt like hostility in the air. It did not feel like hostility. When the OC's entrance music is played, complete with graphic, you know, if they're so hostile for NXT, why are their entrances being played? Why are they coming down to the ring? You're not going to have an advanced storyline where we have a fucking mole that, you know, went along with playing their promos. It just... You didn't feel that hostility. That's what was missing tonight. And you know what? Yeah, somebody brought up Jericho. I already beat it to death, but that's something that's great about the Jericho-Cody feud. It feels like they truly don't like each other. And that's, you know, wrestling 101. When you have feuds, you got to feel like the, the people really, really dislike each other for real. And that, that's what works great with it. So anyway, main event, we have AJ Styles, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson versus Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, and Matt Riddle. No contest. Um, we had Finn Balor come out to ringside. And Finn Balor, um, you know, does his uh, signal, like teasing the Bullet Club with AJ Styles. And AJ Styles is smiling Adam Cole hits the ring, knocks AJ Styles out of the ring, and then he, uh, you know, he attacks Tommaso Ciampa. Because remember, even though, you know, the NXT wrestlers are teaming up with each other for Survivor Series, um, Ciampa still wants Adam Cole's belt. So there's going to be that deception. Now, as I said at the beginning of the show, it was slightly confusing with Finn Balor because Finn Balor was teasing Bullet Club with AJ Styles smiling. And was it a setup? Because after Adam Cole, you know, hit um, Styles, you know, Adam Cole is looking at Finn Balor and Finn Balor's got this smile on his face. And who knows? Um, 
Finn Balor's going to be the wild card in this whole thing. And obviously, Finn Balor's got to be part of Team NXT in the War Games, uh, in the Survivor Series match. But, you know, it, it was a good NXT, without a doubt. Um, if Survivor Series wasn't coming up and we just, you know, had some retaliation because of NXT showing up on SmackDown because of what happened with Saudi Arabia to delay, you know, if there wasn't Survivor Series coming up and you had a little bit of retaliation tonight and that was the end of it, okay. I think people would have said it was a very enjoyable NXT. And I have said repeatedly for a long time now that you're going to see some WWE stars show up on NXT. They're not going to give AEW that much of a chance to generate crazy momentum. I think WWE thinks AEW is going to burn itself out very, very quickly. Um, there were areas in the building in Charlotte tonight that were empty. No question. It's just that some people online, you know, instead of just accepting that maybe a third of the building was empty, they had to take photos when people first were entering, when they were doing the first AEW Dark, or when they were getting everything ready earlier, and they had to snap photos there, and they put that online. Instead of, you know, putting the actual photos during the night, you know, they had to try to exaggerate it a little bit too much, and that's a shame. Um... But, hey, it is what it is. I'm looking forward to AEW this weekend. Uh, the matches announced so far, and a lot of you have been asking for my predictions. Jericho versus Cody for the AEW title. I think Cody is going to win by disqualification. That goes what I said the entire night tonight. Uh, Cody could still challenge for the title in the future. Uh, Jericho retains. And all is said and done. Yes, I am definitely paying for it, President Trump. I'm ordering it. I ordered it last time. In fact, I ordered it and I gave Mish the link. Mish, Mish is live right now. He'll tell you. I paid for it. But I didn't pay for it to get rewarded. I wanted to see it. John Moxley versus Kenny Omega in a lights out match. Um, Moxley has so much momentum right now. Uh, but Omega, you just feel like... You know, you can't have this guy, you know what I mean? Like, they're not going to kill Omega's momentum. And it feels like they've been holding back a lot with Omega. So, you know, lights out match, I guess whoever can't continue. And it's quote unquote unsanctioned. So I'm going to go with uh, Kenny Omega to take that one. Rio versus Emi Sakura for the AEW women's title. I'm going with Rio to retain. Pac versus Hangman. Uh, Hangman Adam Page, you know, that's kind of iffy because, you know, right now, if you look at the men's matches, I got Omega to win. I got Jericho to keep his belt, but Cody win by DQ. So, you know, you almost feel like we have to have some uh, heel involvement, you know, getting some victory. So I'm going to go with Pac defeating Adam Page. Um, I'll make another prediction in a moment. Young Bucks versus Santana Ortiz. I just can't see the Young Bucks losing Saturday, so I'm going to go with the Young Bucks to win. Private Party versus SCU versus the Lucha Brothers. Uh, this is obviously adding Private Party to it to give a little bit more spots and maybe tease you know, the title change. I think SCU will retain. be very stupid to have Lucha Brothers lose last week just to get the belt, you know, two weeks later. 
And pre-show match, Britt Baker, Dr. Britt Baker versus Bea Prisley. I'm going to go Britt Baker to win that as well. Also make a prediction that within a year, you're going to see these win-loss records on the bottom underneath each wrestler, uh, with the exception of maybe main events or title matches. You're going to see those win-loss records just quietly go away. Right now, it's not a big deal to see someone 0-2, 1-1, 3-0. But when you go six months in, nine months in, and somebody's 11 and 11 and 2 and 13, like you know what I mean? That's when you're going to start looking and you're going to be like, all right, you know, this is just a hard sell. That will be gone. In main events and for titles, yeah, you give it a little old school feel, maybe a little bit like boxing, MMA, where you have the win-loss record underneath. And if you really want to try to like, Finagle with it, you could have win-loss records just for title matches or singles matches. So they're going to tweak it. You mark my words, they will tweak it. Um, records do matter, President Trump, uh, in the chat, because if you, uh, who wants to get behind a loser? And when someone loses and loses and loses and loses and loses, you start getting the suspension of disbelief that that person can never win. And it happens on the flip side as well. Um, and especially in this era where they want to give everybody an opportunity, that means some people are going to lose when they should have won. And you could have people that should have won when they lost. And when you end up having a lot of wrestlers uh, competing and a lot of them have 500 records, that's not impressive. You you want someone dominating going you have when you're 50 and 0 or 50 and 3 or you have a Goldberg type record that's when you start paying attention to win loss but you know when you're trying to help someone get over to the next level you know how do you get them over well by winning and you know if you have someone who's 7 and 0 but now their feud is with someone and that person really needs to you know to be the one to prevail it just win losses right now are no big deal because the records are so small. You give it six months or so, nine months, and that's when you're going to start looking at it and you say, like, this, these just don't look good at all. You mock my words. Um, someone had asked me if I thought having Johnny Gargano versus Bray Wyatt for the Universal title be like for a Survivor Series or an NXT show, it's, there's no way. You're not using Bray Wyatt as an NXT attraction. It would be interesting to see him show up there, but that would be kind of like meaningless. I just, it's just, just like when he was going to be interviewed by The Miz. Some people actually thought that he was going to get interviewed as The Fiend. And why am I bringing this up on this show? Because of Gargano. Gargano's NXT guy, this and that. Um, but uh, that's pretty much it. Um, Got to give props to Kimberly, who won the Shimmer title over the weekend. And uh, for those who are interested, you know, I opened up with it, and a few people were asking in the chat room earlier, and I want to give it to you. Uh, those that live in the Orlando area, if you want to check out MLW this weekend for the TV taping on Saturday, they have Tom Lawler versus Davy Boy Smith Jr., Teddy Hart versus Myron Reed for the middleweight title, Jimmy Havoc versus Vance Warner in a Falls Count Anywhere match, Low Key versus Timothy Th Thatcher, the Spider Lady versus Zita Zhang, 
uh, and the Battle Royal. The Mystery Box. The Gorgonzola Battle Royal. <laughs> wow, I'm starting to lose my voice a little bit. I think we're going to have to start cutting this off. I ended up going a little over two hours or again. You got to start trimming this down a little bit, everybody. I really got to start trimming this down. For those who live in the, um, is it the Missouri? Uh, South Haven, is that Missouri? I think it is Missouri. Um, no, it's Mississippi, right? I think it's Mississippi. Well, anyway, uh, Memphis area. January 8th, AEW will have Dynamite take place in uh, South Haven. Tickets are going to go on sale on Friday at 12 noon Eastern. And if you want more information, go to AEWTix.com. Um, let's see what else. Those that live in the California area, if you want to attend this, they are going to have uh, New Japan um, have some events. It's going to take place on Saturday. It's going to stream live on New Japan World. It starts at 9 Eastern. You can have Tetsuya Naito, Shingo Takaji, and Bushi versus Jay White, Chase Owens, and Gato. Sho, Yo, and Hiroki Goto versus Kenta, Taishi, Ishimori, and El Fantasmo. Kota Ibushi over, uh, over, you know, well, he'll probably win anyway, but Kota Ibushi versus Ren Narita. Tomohiro Ishii and Rocky Romero versus Evil and Sonata. Juice Robinson, David Finley, and Clark Connors versus Lance Archer, Minoru Suzuki, and El Desperado. Cole Cabana, what I say, everybody? That guy is everywhere. Cole Cabana and Toro Yano versus Alex Coglin and Carl Federicks. TJP and Amazing Red versus Alex Zane and Aaron Solo. They have another event as well. Um, actually, you know what? I think, you know, I just realized it because I, I knew the main event sounded awfully odd for Saturday. The matches I just said are for next Monday's show in Los Angeles, California at the Globe Theater. This Saturday's event at the San Jose Civic Center, this is the card. Okada and Will Ospreay versus Cody Ibushi and the Amazing Red. Tetsuya Naito and Shingo Takaji versus Jay White and Chase Owens. Lance Archer and David uh, versus David Finley for the IWGP US title. El Fantasmo versus Sho for the British Cruiserweight title. Hiroki Goto, Yo, and Rocky Romero versus Taishi Ishimori, Jado, and Kenta. Tomohiro Ishii, Juice Robinson, and TJP versus Bushi, Evil, and Sonata. Carl Federicks and Clark Connors versus Minoru Suzuki and El Desperado. Jushin Thunderlager and Aaron Solo versus Colt Cabana and Toriano. And Ren Narita versus Alex Coglin. My Japan is much better, I think. So, hey, if you're in the California area, that is a stacked card to go to. Uh, definitely not a bad card at all. Um, other than that, I think we are done for this evening. And Jushin Thunderlager is pretty much calling it a career. I think his last match uh, is in January, if I'm mistaken. But I'll tell you this much. if that I don't think that's his last USA match. Because if it is, shame on New Japan Pro Wrestling for not sending press release after press release or even advertising it as his last USA match. So, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll look into that and I'll get you an answer for next week. But um, thank you as always, everyone, for tuning in. Much appreciated as always. And I can't thank you enough for the support for everything that uh, I do here. 
So looking forward to going video in January. It's going to be a blast. I can tell you, Mish, myself, uh, Shaheen over at Nuclear Heat Graphics, who is going to be at StarCast this weekend. He's doing all the artwork for StarCast, the book. You got to go check out his shit. He is so goddamn talented. But he is doing so much artwork for me behind the scenes. So, you know, once we start video, we really blow it up. I mean, we're taking it very, very seriously. So I can't wait to give that added dimension. And trust me, we start doing video over here. Oh, my God. I can't wait to fucking pull my pants down and moon some of your asses. Could have so much fun over here. And I could get animated. I could show you things visually. Mish is starting to teach me how I could throw little effects on the screens and little links. And it, it's going to be uh, it's going to be outstanding. I mean, we are really taking it seriously. So hope you enjoy the ride because I know we're enjoying so far getting it ready. So. All right, everybody. Be well. Thank you, as always, for the support. I'll return one week from today with your next edition of Wednesday Night Donomite. Want to follow me on Twitter? At Don Tony D. And uh, make sure you check out Wrestling Soup Thursday night, 9.30 p.m. Eastern. If you're not on our Patreon yet, consider signing up. As I always say, five bucks gets you everything. And um, if anybody ever signs up and you're not happy, I mean, you can't wait, obviously, the whole month. But, you know, if you're not happy with the page, you contact me within a week. ADT, you know, nothing personal, but, you know, I really don't like I'll give you your money back. I don't take it personal. I mean, but our page is so outstanding and Soup has a patron. Everybody has a patron now. You know that. But we give you so much unique content there. Yeah, honestly, I'm not trying to blow smoke. I mean, there's a lot of uh, unique stuff there that you don't get on the other shows. So, uh, yeah, Mish is saying five bucks gets you anything. I'm thinking of the two live crew music video, right? I get you anything anything ah me so horny if if you never saw the two live crew music video was it me so horny was that the the one go on youtube check it out right now what do do i get for ten dollars i give you anything you want anything anything remember i made fun of balls mahoney me cojones ah me cojones me that's from the tna pay-per-view Balls Mahoney, God rest his soul. One of the nicest people and one of the weirdest people I ever got to know out in, in the wrestling world, outside in real life. Weird, weird motherfucker. Um, man, the stories I could tell. I mean, I just, uh, I, you know, the first one that comes to mind, Mass Maniac knows this one well. Um, I helped him get a hotel room in Long Island, New York because he couldn't go back to Jersey um, after I think it was a show where he fought Louie in Long Island. And after I think he beat Louie, I did the whole thing with Louie on the mic. I said, oh, you just lost your match. I got your ass kicked. What are you going to do next? Like trying to spoof him going to Disney World. And instead I got chair bashed and my watch broke and everybody laughed at it, scumbags. But I hooked up Balls Mahoney with a hotel room in Long Island. And the next day, I get a phone call from the hotel room saying that they're going to charge me another $350 on my card because Balls Mahoney and his girlfriend decided to do some type of ritual thing where they cut themselves on purpose and started bleeding and started wiping their blood on the walls. 
really, uh, he was a character, but he was one of the nicest guys, man. I, I had the privilege, and if anybody knows Frankie Stars, ask Frankie Stars. Play this clip for him. He will tell you I'm not exaggerating in the least. The first time I ever really got to meet Balls Mahoney must have been around 2006, around that time. I was still, maybe 2005, I was still doing wrestling hotlines with Mad Zombie and Brian Damage. Well, they were having some type of an event in Long Island, New York, and I never went to a mosh pit before. That's not my type of music. You know, I'm into like fucking disco and shit like that. So they were doing something at some rock club and it had a mosh pit as well. And what was going to happen is during this, I guess, this band performance, Frankie Stars was going to start trashing the crowd and Balls Mahoney was going to wail him with one of his infamous chair shots. So me, I'm a guido. So I'm in this basement and it's underground below where the club is and everything. And you go down his basement and you see fucking girls wired on Lord knows what. You see these two people fooling around in the corner. It was just a really weird area. And we're down there and it's myself, Matt Zombie, Brian Damage, Frankie Stars, Balls Mahoney and a few others. And everybody's hanging out, having a great time even though it was just really, really, you know, strange. And Balls, Mah Balls Mahoney cuts a promo for our hotline, the Blackheart Sports Entertainment Hotline. I still have it. And if I share it with you, you will laugh because Balls Mahoney was wired. And his promo that was going to be like 10 seconds long, he went on for like a minute. These guys don't bullshit. They tell you straight the fuck up what you want to hear. And it's a he went on for so, it was hilarious and yes, yeah, some people remember it. They're, li they're listening right now. So anyway, it gets time for this segment. So we go up to the bar area and me, I'm dr totally dressed out of place because I don't have mosh clothes and we're standing on the side and Frankie stars does his thing and balls Mahoney chair bashes him like you wouldn't believe Frankie star juices. The next thing I know, people are getting thrown around in a mosh pit and, you know, I accidentally get kicked in the face. You get hit in the ribs and you can't get mad because that's what happens in a mosh pit. And everybody's like laughing. Oh, dude, it's awesome. Yeah, you get it. And oh, my God, it was just an, a surreal place to be. And that was my first, you know, really getting to know Balls Mahoney. One of the coolest motherfuckers I ever came across in wrestling. What a nice guy legitimately really really nice guy he was just so fucking nice i i have to upload some of the interviews that maniac and i did with him and i remember him telling me you know because of the viking in it he was taking and because of the lighter fluid of always doing a, the 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 fireballs that is it was teeth were falling out you felt so bad for the guy the guy genuinely was a nice guy but he had a lot of pain that he refused to show people a lot of physical pain. I mean, really, really was hurting, but man, what a special fucking guy. Really? You have no idea. I hope right now balls and Axel are causing hay, hay, uh, havoc in the heavens because Axel Rotten was another really, really good fucking guy, man. Two guys taken way too soon in the world of pro wrestling. So all right, everybody, I'm out of here. I got editing to do, uploading, 
and I got to try to manage a little bit of sleep. Uh, shout out to everybody tuned in live as well. Thank you as always for the support, everybody. And uh, Bish, I will definitely talk to you Thursday afternoon. And uh, everyone, look, if you're not happy with AEW, if you're not happy with NXT, if you're not happy with WWE, to since we have a little 70s theme to the show a little bit, save the drama for your mama. You know, grown people. You, nobody here is 10 years old. You know, start acting like an adult. You know, whining and bitching about every little thing. You know, just take a step back and say, you know, Jesus Christ, I'm 30 years old. I'm 40 years old. I'm 50 years old. I'm 60 years old. I'm writing like I'm 10 years old. Wah, 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 wah. It's, it's pathetic. I think the best, best way to resolve this is not better storylines. It's pussy. Pussy and dick. You know, if you like M&Ms with peanuts instead of plain, by all means, and for women too. You know, getting a mate, I think, solves all of this. I'm not joking either. Not a better WWE product. People will be, will be shitting on WWE until we're fucking eight, six feet under 30, 40 years from now. It ain't going to fucking change. If anything, it's going to get worse because it's a publicly traded company. You know, I mean, my God, remember the days Cena's going to turn heel. We're getting the return of attitude. Did you see Alexa Bliss tonight? She showed a little bit of skin and she put her hands over her breasts. Attitude is back. Yeah, attitude, my balls. I'm out of here, everybody. Be well. Ciao. Son, oh my. It was fun to channel surf. It was kind of hard to do a little pocket pool after you hitting the last channel button 50 times for two hours plus. Son, oh my. And his whole idea of overanalyzing, oh, he's an alcoholic and he misplaced the belt. And how could you have someone champion like that? Get the fuck out of here. Wednesday night. Don, oh my. You can have fun. You really are. <laughs> Saratoga from anywhere this summer with Naira Bets, the official betting partner of Saratoga Racecourse. Naira Bets players enjoy world-class HD live streaming covering races worldwide, instant replays, exclusive bonuses, and earn points on every bet. New customers that sign up today receive a bonus match on their first deposit up to $200 with promo code SPA. Join today at nyrabets.com and make sure to use promo code SPA to earn your sign-up bonus up to $200. I'm enrolling in Medicare soon, and it had me a little confused. Then I found MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, I could go online and compare Medicare Advantage plans from some top-rated national insurers, including $0 monthly premium plans. I could learn about plans in my area and talk with a licensed insurance agent if needed. MyHealthPolicy.com has made doing my research a whole lot easier. My choice, my Medicare, myhealthpolicy.com. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to myhealthpolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, myhealthpolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent, myhealthpolicy.com.